Section 41 of Young Folks Treasury, Volume 3, edited by Hamilton Wright Maybe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Simple Susan 5, Susan's Pet Lamb. It is true that Attorney Case was not in a happy mood. His visit to the Abbey had made him feel sure that Sir Arthur and he would not agree about the treatment of the farmers who lived on the estate. One matter they had talked about was Sir Arthur's wish to enlarge his grounds, and make a drive round them. A map of the estate lay upon the table, and they looked at it together. "'Ah, but I see this new road for the drive would run through Farmer Price's garden,' said Sir Arthur. "'That would never do.' "'It need not trouble you,' said Attorney Case. "'You may do as you like with Price's land.' "'How so?' asked Sir Arthur. "'His lease will not be out for ten years, I believe.' "'True. That would have been the case, had there not been a mistake in it.' i have the lease and can show you the heartless man then went on to explain to sir arthur what the mistake was sir arthur remained silent oh i see said the attorney you do not wish to annoy farmer price but just put the matter into my hands and i will manage it for you you seem to forget that to take the farm out of this poor man's hands would be to ruin him replied sir arthur quietly indeed said the wicked attorney indeed i should be sorry for that if it were not that farmer price is such an unruly stubborn man an unruly man is he if that be so the sooner he leaves the place the better when you go home you will be good enough to send me the lease that i may for myself see the mistake attorney case got up to go but before he went he thought he must try to find out if sir arthur was going to employ him to look after the estate that is if he was to be the agent i will not trouble you about this lease sir arthur he said but will hand it to your agent if you will inform me who is to have that post i mean to be my own agent answered sir arthur and will myself look after the happiness of the people among whom i have come to live it was the surprise of this reply that had sent attorney case home so cross that barbara had said to betty she could not put up with him when his daughter had left him alone the attorney walked up and down the room deep in thought at any rate, he said to himself at last, if Sir Arthur means to manage the estate himself in summer, he at least will need an agent in winter. I must try to get the post. And he still walked up and down, trying to think of some plan by which he would find favor at the abbey. Now that morning he had heard the housekeeper at the abbey ask the servants if any lamb were to be had in the village, as Sir Arthur would like to have it one day soon for dinner knowing that he himself treated those farmers best who from time to time gave him presents attorney case thought that if he sent a gift to sir arthur it might help him get what he wished no sooner had the idea struck him than the attorney went to the kitchen standing at the door was a shepherd boy barbara too was there do you know of a nice fat lamb the attorney asked the lad before the shepherd boy could answer barbara exclaimed i know of one susan price has a pet lamb that is as fat as fat can be at once attorney case walked over to farmer price's cottage he found susan packing her father's little wardrobe and as she looked up he saw she had been in tears how is your mother to-day susan inquired the attorney worse sir my father goes to-morrow that is a pity it can't be helped said susan with a sigh it can't be helped how do you know that said mr case sir dear sir cried she looking up at him and a sudden ray of hope beamed in her sweet face what if you could help it susan he said susan clasped her hands in silence you can help it susan she started up what would you give now to have your father at home for a whole week longer 
anything, but I have nothing. Yes, you have a lamb, said the hard-hearted attorney. My poor little Daisy, said Susan, but what good can she do? What good can any lamb do? Is not lamb good to eat? Why do you look so pale, girl? Are not sheep killed every day? And don't you eat mutton? Is your lamb better than anybody else's, think you? I don't know, said Susan, but I love her dearly. More silly you, said he. She feeds out of my hand. She follows me about. I have always taken care of her. My mother gave her to me. Well, say no more about it, then. If you love your lamb better than both your father and your mother, keep it, and good morning to you. "'Stay! Oh, stay!' cried Susan, catching his coat with an eager, trembling hand. "'A whole week, did you say? My mother may get better in that time. No, I do not love Daisy half so well.' The struggle in her mind ceased, and with a calm voice she said, "'Take the lamb.' "'Where is it?' said the attorney, grazing in the meadow by the riverside. "'It must be brought up before nightfall for the butcher, remember.' "'I shall not forget it,' said Susan steadily. As soon, however, as the cruel man turned his back and left the house, Susan sat down and hid her face in her hands. She was soon roused by the sound of her mother's feeble voice, calling her from the inner room where she lay. Susan went in. "'Are you there, love? I thought I heard some strange voice just now talking to my child.' "'Something's amiss, Susan,' her mother went on, raising herself as well as she could in bed to look at her daughter's face. "'Would you think it amiss, then, my dear mother?' said Susan stooping to kiss her. Would you think it amiss if my father was to stay with us a week longer? Susan, you don't say so. He is indeed a whole week. But how burning hot your hand is still. Are you sure he will stay? asked her mother. How do you know? Who told you so? Tell me all quick. Attorney Case told me so. He can get him leave for a week longer, and he has promised he will. God bless him for it for ever and ever, said the poor woman, joining her hands. May the blessing of heaven be with him. Susan was silent. The next moment she was called out of the room, for a messenger had come from the abbey for the bread bill. Susan always made out the bills, for although she had not had many writing lessons, she had taken great pains to learn, and wrote in a neat, clear hand. It is true she was in no mood to write or to add now, but the work must be done. Having carefully ruled lines for the pounds, shillings, and pence, she made out the bill, and gave it to the boy who waited for it. Then she said to herself she would make out the other bills, for many of the people in the village had bought a few loaves and rolls of her making, and when these are done I may go down to the meadow and take leave of my poor lamb. But Susan could not find her slate, and when she did find it many of the figures were blurred, for Barbara had sat upon it, and then the numbers seemed to dance before her, and each time that she added the answer was different. She went over and over the sums until her head ached. The table was covered with little square bits of paper on which she had written the bills when her father came in holding in his hand an account. "'Look at this, Susan,' he said, handing it to her. "'How could you be so careless, child? What have you been thinking about to let a bill like that go to the Abbey? Luckily I met the messenger and asked to see how much it was. Look at it!' Susan looked and blushed. Instead of loaves she had written lambs. She altered the mistake and handed the bill to her father. He, meantime, was looking at the papers lying on the table. "'What are all these, child?' he asked. "'Some of them were wrong, and I wrote them out again.' "'Some of them, all of them, as far as I can see,' said her father rather angrily, pointing to the papers. Susan read the bills. Most of them were for lambs instead of loaves or rolls. Her thoughts had indeed been running upon the pet 
she was to part with so soon. Once more she wrote the bills, and her father, who was struck by the patient way she set to work, said he would himself collect the money. He would be proud to be able to say to the neighbors that it was all earned by his own little daughter. Susan heard him sigh as he passed the knapsack she had packed for him, but she thought she would keep the pleasure of telling him his week's leave until he came home. He had said he would have supper in her mother's room. She would tell the good news then. How delighted he will be when he hears, she said to herself. But I know he will be sorry, too, for poor Daisy. Susan thought she would now have time to run down to the meadow by the riverside to see her favorite, but just as she had tied on her straw hat, the clock struck four. This was the hour at which she always went to fetch her brothers from the school near the village. So, as she knew that the little boys would be sorry if she were late, she put off her visit to the lamb, and went at once to meet them. End of section 41